The Rural Church Podcast 2.0. Just a couple of pastors discussing life, ministry, theology, and the gospel from a local church perspective. Eddie, what's it time for? The Rural Church Podcast. Welcome to the Rural Church Podcast, episode 16. Eddie, it's Thanksgiving week. Are you thankful? I am very thankful, brother. You're thankful uh, to be on this podcast with me? I'm thankful to be back on the podcast with you. You know, we didn't do it for a few years, and now we've been doing it. Has it been three months now? I think uh, so. It's, it's been about that, man. It's been great to be back doing the podcast. And uh, really just, I, I'll tell you, it, you know, uh, I know we have a few people listen, but uh, if nothing else, I'm just glad to get to talk to you every week, brother. Amen. I need to make this shout out. I forgot, should have done it last episode, but my friend Michael Coughlin and I are also doing a podcast. We usually meet on Wednesday mornings before you and I meet, but um, anyway, things above round table and uh, it's a good time. Me and him just chat about things kind of similar to this one. And so I think if you enjoy this one, you enjoy that one. So check it out. Things above roundtable i didn't introduce us but i'm alan nelson pastor of perryville second baptist church perryville arkansas and this is my friend and co-labor in the gospel fellow minister eddie ragsdale eddie what church are you at i am at marshall first baptist in beautiful searcy county arkansas yeah. yeah can i tell you about something coming up yeah please do i'm not going to drop names i'll tell you afterwards we're looking to put together an association conference the weekend of March 5th. March 5th is the Sunday, so it'll be like the 3rd and 4th. And we're going to talk about the need for faithful pastors in the local church. And um, this is going to be a local association conference. You're not going to want to miss it if you're any with, with any driving distance of central Arkansas. And, uh, Eddie, don't let me forget to tell you, who have got on the docket hopefully coming and some things that are in the works. So y'all mark your calendars for the weekend of, of March 4th is the uh, March 4th is the week is the Saturday. So, well, this is the week of Thanksgiving. So I don't even know if anybody listens to podcasts. What do you do? What do you, what do you do? What are you doing tomorrow? I know tomorrow is not tomorrow, but what are you doing tomorrow? If you were in, the same day that the podcast is airing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we'll have a couple of different family gatherings, you know, one with, uh, we'll go to my, I have an aunt in Clinton and, uh, she, uh, I, she's a great aunt. She'd be my, my dad's aunt. A wonderful she, aunt. She's a wonderful aunt. Yeah, she is. Uh, but she hosts a big family gathering and by big, I mean, uh, my grandmother was one of seven. And, uh, so, uh, our extended family is, you know, somewhere around a hundred people. Um, so there won't be that many there, but there'll be 60 people, 70 people, maybe, I don't know, um, there. And, uh, so we'll have a big family gathering there for lunch. And then my wife's family normally has a meal in the evening. So we'll, a lot of times we'll make two. This year, uh, my mother-in-law is, um, she is going through chemo right now. 
And so I'm not exactly sure what that's going to mean for that family gathering, but uh, we're just thankful for how faithful the Lord has been. He's uh, her surgery has went well. Chemo's going pretty well, um, but we're, we're just trusting the Lord. And so, but we'll, we'll eat and we'll all be together and we will be thankful for the things that the Lord has, has done. And then, and then normally Thanksgiving weekend, Friday and Saturday are wonderful days to hunt. So usually we spend a lot of time in the woods on Friday and Saturday. Amen. We, uh, we'll have a big gathering. Um, it's usually my, well, my mom's, um, side, my, my, my parent, my parents' side will be them and my sister and brother-in-law and their family on Thursday. And then we'll actually have some church members with us as well. So look forward to that. Uh, and then Stephanie's side of the family will be, it'll, it'll be earlier in the week. So one thing I'm thankful for Eddie is the local church. What about you? Yeah, I love, you know, I was, I was just telling our church this last Sunday, um, you know, we're just off the heels of pastor appreciation month and our church done a few different things to show their appreciation, uh, some gifts and things like that. And, um, you know, I told them there's not another church around here that I could even possibly pastor, but there's a lot of pastors around here that could shepherd these people. It's such a wonderful church. I told them I need you far more than you need me. <laughs> Our church really blessed us too. I don't know if I told you about that. Cause it was right. I, it was right before I got sick, but, uh, they blessed us with a surprise Did I tell you about surprise mm-hmm. pastor appreciation and very generous gift and some, you know, gift cards on top of that and just food. I mean, they just bless us and, and not to talk too much about it, but you know, we've been going through a, a difficult time, but here's something that's going on at our church. We're experiencing, I believe reformation. Yeah. And it's a weird thing, Eddie, that you pray for years and years for reformation and revival and sometimes the Lord brings it in a way that you were not expecting. And yeah. so I'm just yeah. so encouraged by the unity uh, of our church and just the direction right now. And not that we haven't gone through some tough things and some difficult circumstances, but I'm so encouraged. Yeah. So and we've got, I, I would say, of course, the situation in your church and my church are, are quite different, but um, but I would say in the same vein, we're also seeing the Lord really uh, we're beginning to see the, the kind of the snowball begin to roll faster down the hill, you know? And, uh, and so it's changes are happening faster and, and that comes with some discomfort sometimes, but at the same time, we just really see God's blessing in it. And I know you and I will probably talk about that more sometime in the future, but, uh, but it's amazing thing, like you said, when you begin to see uh, what really is the answer to prayers that we've prayed for years, but maybe not the way that we ever would have envisioned it ourselves. And That's so, right. Lord, won't you do it my way? But I'm so grateful that he um, loves his church. There's no one that loves the local church more than our sovereign triune God. That's right. And so... We can trust that he is working all things for her good. And, you know, it doesn't mean that everything uh, I was reading a post today. Sometimes you can do everything right and lose your head. Right. John the Baptist. Yeah. Um, so 
but but there are times of sweet providence that the Lord works in in a beautiful and even miraculous sort of way. It, it appears in His church to bring about Reformation revival. And you know, we were actually recording this the day after the election, and in Arkansas things went pretty well, I think. But uh, you know, in nationwide people are uh, people are upset. You know, expected more of a red wave or whatever. And one of my thoughts was, one of my thoughts was that. The problem in our nation today, and I really got this from Dan Phillips, but the problem in our nation today is not so much candidates, you know, right candidate, wrong candidate. We don't have good voters. Right. <laughs> and right. Uh, we don't have good voters because we're immoral. That's right. And we're immoral because we need the gospel. So you know me. I'm all for standing strong, culture warrior, all that. I think that's important. Don't don't go down sleeping, you know, or whatever. However, if if your fight against the culture or whatever does not include intentional and persistent evangelism, then you're missing part of the issue here, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think we need conservative leaders, but more like we need conservative leaders and then more than just needing conservative leaders, we need re a regenerate population. <laughs> and yeah. the only way that we're going to have a regenerate population is a move of God and God is pleased to move through the proclamation of his gospel so we need to be we need to preach his gospel and i'm not just talking about in the church of course in the church i'm talking about outside the church and sharing the gospel and being evangelistic yep that's right and you know tomorrow we're all going to eat a big feast we don't eat that way every day um, we would weigh 500 pounds a piece if we did but we do all have to eat every day right we have to have nourishment um, we have to eat so that our bodies can be fueled and sustained. And I think, you know, the Lord has established that in his church, there would be a means for the spiritual nourishment of the body in the weekly gather gathering through the teaching and proclamation of his word. And so I simply say that to say we mentioned last week, uh, last week we talked about Jonah. And so we mentioned that this week we we're going to kind of flip the script. And uh, I was going to ask you a few questions about what you guys are looking at in Ephesians. So Ephesians, have you preached three, four sermons in Ephesians? Is that, is that where you're at? <laughs> <laughs> we started Ephesians in September of 2020. So what are you on? 83? Is that what I've seen? Something like that? Well, by the time this episode comes out we'll have preached like i'll have preached like 96 sermons oh wow oh wow so tell me a little bit you know you asked me last week and i think it's a wonderful question so i'm just going to throw it right back to you what is your process especially thinking about we when we're looking at jumping into a book oftentimes you know like i said with jonah it is going to end up being kind of shorter for me but a lot of times we are looking at, man, we are making a commitment when we start a book of the Bible, especially a really dense book like a like an epistle like Ephesians. There's just so much we can preach on there. So how what is your process whereby you pick the next thing that you think is going to be a place where you're going to spend, you know, several months or even years expositing that text of Scripture? I cast lots. Well, that well, you know, in Jonah, that's exactly what the <laughs> what the mariners did. Yeah, you, when you pick a book of the Bible, 
Okay, one time I preached like five messages in Titus. It was like my first sermon series here. So like five messages. Mm -hmm. And then I think in Jonah, I preached like 11 messages, you know. So, but other than that, at minimum, I'm probably looking at four to six months minimum in a book of the Bible, you know. So I think that's a good question. So for me, it doesn't have to be this way. I, I try to pick different genres. I try to pick different books, different testaments. I don't necessarily, you know, stick with it, but I think if I can remember back, let's see, I did like Titus and then I did Jonah and then I did James and then I did Ruth and then I did first Peter and then I did Genesis one through 11. And so then that brought us back around to Ephesians because it's like, first of all, Ephesians is a book that you want that everybody wants to preach every, you know, particular Baptist pastor wants to preach from Ephesians. I want to preach Ephesians. I want to preach Romans, but Romans intimidates me a little bit, you know? Yeah. You're only going to get one chance at these books, really. So, so if, so by the time we, you know, halfway through Genesis or whatever, I don't know, it's 57 sermons, I believe in Genesis one through 11. And I just picked Genesis one through 11 because um, I knew that going all the way through 50 would be a long time. And I just kind of picked that section. And we'll pick up sometime on Genesis 12 through 50. But the point is, I felt like it was time. Okay, now we can we can cover Ephesians. Because I hadn't, you know, my last two New Testament books had been First Peter and James. <coughs> Excuse me. It's not like I'd just been going through all the Pauline epistles. And so it just felt right. Timing was right. And I said, okay, we're going to go through Ephesians. So um, let let me ask this question. A a person might criticize, you know, spending a long time in a book, you know, I uh, years ago, and, and it wasn't helpful because my church wasn't ready for it. This church would handle it much better than the church I was pastoring then. But I spent a long time in the book of Romans, um, preaching through the book of Romans. It was helpful to me. It was less helpful to the church. Um, But a person might say, well, how's your church ever going to uh, really get the whole counsel of God? So what would you say um, about your, uh, uh, well, this is really what I want to ask because I know, part of the answer. Can you, can you just give a rundown, maybe not of every single book, cause you might not have it in front of you, but kind of how many books you guys have been able to go through at uh second Baptist Perryville since you've been there. And, because I think a person might say, well, that Quattro, you know, he preaches so many sermons, they can't get through books of the Bible, but I know that's not true. So could you, could you kind of share some of the, I mean, you shared a few already, but but I know that you guys have have, uh, have actually covered so much scripture, um, even while you're preaching several sermons from each book. Yeah, I would I would say a couple things with that. One, when you're preaching, if you're preaching rightly, in my opinion, ex- if you're preaching expositional sermons rightly, you're going to cover big portions of the Bible at times as you go through. Like, how do you preach? For example, Genesis 2, 24, you know, a man shall leave his without talking about Ephesians 5. You know what I mean? Like, 
So yes. what happens is when you begin to preach expositionally, you are actually preaching big counsel. You know, the, another thing I'll say this, unless you just think, hey, I'm going to preach through all 66 books of the Bible in a five year span or something. And most people are not going to do that. Some can't. And that's great. If you can do that, praise God. I don't have a problem. But what I'm saying is good expositional preaching is going to cover large swaths of the Bible. Also, um, I hope. I mean, I, I don't know. We live in a world today, I guess, that that the main gathering is like the only time that people, I guess, preach. But like I'm preaching on Sunday morning. I teach Sunday school. I teach Sunday night. I teach Wednesday night. I go through a men's Bible study on Thursday morning. I have a lot of time that we're going through other books of the Bible as well. Old Testament, New Testament, you know, I mean, lo lots of lots of I mean, with men's Bible study, we've been through a ton of the scriptures, you know, in five years, we're going through much faster pace, you know? Mm. Um, so if, if the only time you're able to preach is on Sunday morning, well, maybe, I guess maybe that's different, but for me, that's not, I preach Sunday morning and then I have all these other preps that we, we go through now, maybe it'd be a little too much. If like every one of these, I was doing Ephesians, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and let me also say this, Eddie, I'm not saying that I'm tackling Ephesians, the quote unquote best way. I'm just saying I'm doing, this is the way we're doing it. We're in Ephesians five. Well, I think we're week 94 this week and I'm on Ephesians five, six. So I'm not saying that what I'm doing is the best way, but it is, I think a legitimate way and hopefully a helpful way as we've been digging deep into what the scriptures have to teach us. And I hope that it's encouraged people, the comments I've had of, of loving the Bible. And, you know, one of the things they've seen, and this has been one of the mo most encouraging comments, a lady the other day said, I've never made the connection in reading the epistles. Like you keep pressing us toward. And that is, these are local church epistles. Right. Everything that we understand, Paul exhorting these Christians to has a context of the local church. And she has just been, she was so complimentary and so encouraged by that. Just saying like Ephesians is not just a book for you and God alone. I mean, of course there is application there, of course, but there, but the context of um, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, God and Christ forgave you. Like that's in the context of the local church. You can't really understand Ephesians apart from local church. In fact, let me just say this and then I'll turn it back to you. But people say, well, where's church membership in the Bible? Well, it's like, it's everywhere. Like yeah. you can't understand Ephesians apart from this covenantal union that we have in Christ, which, which also means that we're members one of another. And it's just, uh, so the context. So anyway, the encouragement, I'm not saying you have to preach to Ephesians slow. Probably I'm preaching through too slow, but it's what we're doing, and and the Lord, I feel like, is blessed, and we've been encouraged. Well, and I don't think there's a matter of too fast or too slow. I think it really, there really is a sense in which what is the, what it, where's the health of the church? What is the church ready for? And what is the skill of the of the preacher? And and what kind of a preacher are you? You know, um, years ago, I I I seen a video of it was a group of pretty famous famous pastors, um, all, you know, guys that would have been ex considered expositional guys. 
and they were asked about their sermon series and they were all like, Oh, 20, 22 weeks. And, uh, the moderator of the discussion said, well, I would have thought you guys spent years in books. And they mentioned some of these other guys who do spend years in books, you know, like uh, MacArthur or Piper or whatever. And they said, well, we're not them. And, um, you know, some, I mean, and, and you are a very gifted preacher brother. Uh, and so I think that, uh, like nobody should say Alan Nelson Nelson's doing it that way. I should do it that way. Well, maybe you can't, shouldn't do what Alan Nelson's yeah. doing because you might not be geared like you are. I appreciate the kind comment, brother. And, and you know, I'm not, no, no, I do not think I'm not in the same category as some of these preachers that you've mentioned, but here's the reality. I'm not trying to be those preachers. I know. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, and I, I know, I know I'm just encouraging, you know, who, who the pastor, you know, who you should try to preach like is you. That's exactly God right. has called you. There are certainly some things that we all have to do the same, but God has called you with your unique personality and, and gifting. And, and so you should preach, you should preach like you. Yeah. And it can be a kind of strange. I, I heard a preacher years ago who had, who had come out of the ministry of another man and he sounded so much like the man whose ministry had come that it was a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it was almost like uh, uh, an impersonation and you thought, uh, where's his own voice? You know? Yeah. So I did want to also ask this question. You were talking about different genres of books. So as you're moving from uh, genre to genre, but especially thinking about the book of Ephesians, um, how have you really engaged with the didactic, uh, epistle as you come to that as opposed to you know um you know dealing with genesis 1 through 11 dealing with narratives like um you know jonah and things like that yeah yeah what to me the difference is i I can see it in my mind and let me see if i can articulate it but with the narrative it's like you're preaching a, a story and then you're pulling from that story the principles in the doctrine and the truth and the application. And, and, it, and then from a epistle, it's almost opposite. Cause you're, it's like everything's so wound up tight <clears throat> where sometimes Paul uses specific words that need mention, you know, that, that happens too in, in narrative sometimes, but sometimes there's specific words that you need to talk about. And so everything's kind of wound up tighter in, in a sense, if that makes sense in, in an epistle, like to pre- prepare, I do. Um, I think you mentioned this on the last episode with, with Jonah, but I actually do the Jim Elif method, not just reading through it, but like, I I print it out. So what I do is I go to ESV dot literal dot is it org literal ESV literal dot org, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and I copy literal word, literal, literal word or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's it just comes up automatically, so I don't even look at the website anymore. But I um I type in Ephesians, and then I copy and I paste it into a Word document, and I try to give it, you know, chapters and verses are not inspired, but it gives you a starting point, and so I try mm-hmm. to kind of get where 
I, I try to put, and it's different. I don't have a set thing for each book because it just depends. But I try to give myself wide margins and still the where the word, where the font size is not too small. Anyway, I will uh, leave good margins and then I'll start reading it, reading it, reading it. Like, so, well, a couple of months before I'm through with Genesis, I'm, I'm reading Ephesians. And then I'm taking my colored pencils and pens and highlighters and i'm just marking this sheet up you know marking 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 i'm making notes i'm kind of dividing things up probably what i could do better is actually outline my sermons because if i was going to outline the weeks that would keep me from (laughs) that would keep me from being 95 sermons in or whatever but uh but i just try to get a sense of the book repeated words all those things and then i'm and then i move from that to starting to read commentaries. And I start to read commentaries before I'm even getting to the text. I'm just wanting to, well, what are these guys saying the themes are? You know, and I try to I try to look up life's too short for the amount of commentaries that exist. Mm-hmm. So I so I pretty much I try to just do my research and try to see what people are saying. Sometimes providential matters you know maybe i have already have a couple commentaries and maybe they're not the best commentary per se but i already have them and so i'll I'll use one or two of those and then and then try to get you know as well try to get if i can the best commentary it's funny you mentioned that about commentaries because years ago when i started pastoring for the first time uh the church called me as the pastor and the pastor of the church where i'd been at he gave me a gift. He gifted me a four volume set on Romans. And uh, I went, well, this church needs doctrine. So week one as the pastor, I said, Romans one verse one, because I, and, and I will be honest, a big part of the, I thought, well, I've got this brand new commentary set on Romans. And I did not even know at the time I was so, I was so, uh, green i guess you would say but uh, i didn't even really realize what the commentary set was but it was a wonderful set by donald barnhouse <laughs> four volume set on romans and uh and i'll be honest the lord w- used that to really I- impact my life i didn't know who donald barnhouse was uh he was a great presbyterian minister there in pennsylvania but um but it was really a blessing uh working through that uh, using that commentary set, you know, as a, as a work through that. All right, Eddie, we're going to have to make this one a two part episode. So we're going to shut this one down right here. What do you think? That okay with you? That's good. All right. Well, y'all catch us next week on the rule church podcast. See you guys next week.